Hey, I'm Matt Burdick with Impact 89 FM. Gia and I are here with David from Charmer, a band from Northern Michigan that I'm a very big fan of. How have you been lately, David? Very good. Yeah. And, you guys uh, don't know this, but uh, he has a dog in his lap right now. Uh, so he's definitely doing very good. What's the dog's name? <laughs> uh, the dog is Trout. Awesome. Aww. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a thunderstorm outside, so he's afraid of that. So that is why he's on my lap right now. Uh, well, nice to meet you, Trap. <laughs> okay, well, you guys released your uh, sophomore album just like a little under two months ago, Ivy. And uh, now that it's been out for a little bit, people have heard it, it's been around. How do you feel towards the album? Have your thoughts on it kind of changed at all? No, I think it's pretty pretty much the same um, when we recorded it and put it out. Um it's good. It's it's definitely weird with the with the quarantine going on um, because we haven't seen like the physical. We haven't even seen the physical vinyl yet, and and we haven't played any of the songs live. So it kind of just feels like you know it, it's not even out for me personally. I, I don't I don't want to speak for all the band members, but um, it's definitely different. It's weird, like not getting the live reaction and only being able to communicate through social media to like see how people feel about it i guess yeah and um i mean really when you're when you're just sitting at home and, and you don't see your bandmates you know you don't have content to really post and right. and you have all these other bands with the same dilemma so we we've been trying to stay active but like i personally wouldn't be on twitter myself like as a person if i didn't have a band you know so like i'm not <laughs> one to just i'm not one to just be like oh you know just like so it, you know it's it's hard in that sense um and, you know, it's hard not to think about how much, um, you know, traction you're losing, not not touring and, and promoting the album and playing it and, and spitting out content, you know, frequently like we do when we're, we are playing. And so it's all it's, it's all very weird because I can I can, you know, by the time shows do happen, probably like early 2021 is what you're looking at for for bands being yeah. back on the road. Um this album could very well come out and it's probably gonna just get like tossed to the side because by that time we'll be on some new stuff. Um, <laughs> so it'll be interesting in that sense, but the reaction has been great. We're getting more attention than we ever have before prior um, with it being out. It's just, we live in such a small concentrated area. So my, my everyday hasn't changed. Like I, I don't see it unless I hop on social media, you know? Yeah. And I think it's kind of weird, uh, even before quarantine, just how big of a marketing tool Twitter specifically has kind of become, especially in like the DIY community. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You you have to be active on the Twitter yeah. to, I don't know, progress. Otherwise, you're just going to hold yourself back. Like, I don't I don't know a single band that is you know, doing well, that is relying on stuff like Facebook. Um, yeah. Yeah. But especially now like it's just such an emphasis on it what else are you gonna do i mean so you mentioned just like the whole world is kind of experiencing like this weird sense of all of that we were supposed to be doing for this entire year that is absolutely gone and for you i'm sure missing your band playing shows has a huge effect and what have you been doing to kind of keep up the creative spirit i guess in your free time um creative spirit as in like music whatever is your creative spirit 
Um, well, I've been writing. I feel good about that. Um, it's different. It's definitely different writing by myself on a, an acoustic mm-hmm. guitar because it doesn't really reflect the kind of music we play. But good. That's been good. Um, I don't ever force it. If you know, I've been spending a lot of time at home, so I do have opportunity where I'll be chilling for hours at end, and and I happen to be home next to a guitar when I, I think of something. I don't ever. I, I can't personally sit down and, and write. Like, I can't be like, I'm going to write right now. Um, I kind of just rely on hearing it in my head and then trying my best to relay that, you know. Would you say you feel more motivated to write now than usual or feeling that creative spark more often or is it more or less the same? I go in spurts. So last month I had a really good spurt. I kicked out like seven or eight tracks. I'm like, oh, this this might all be good, you know. Um, And then I bet you I'll go like four months right now without anything cool going through my head music like really it's kind of just how it goes it all goes in spurts but that's been good otherwise creatively i don't think i've been very creative um at all in other aspects of life i've actually i've actually i think maybe i might be a boring person um because now i have all this free time and i don't know what to do with my (laughs) free time i I really can't like i'll sit there and i could think of like a million things they might be fun um, but in my mind, I'm like, nah, I don't, I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just like this really weird headspace, um, trying to stay busy. You guys are from Marquette, Michigan. So what's it like in the summer up there right now? I'm also from up North and we have all of the tourist complete culture. So how have you been seeing this kind of like lack of getting a true, like Northern Michigan summer time, I guess? It really, my, my, my personal life hasn't changed too much in that, in that, in that sense. And we just got good weather, um, like starting last week. So that's really nice to go outside and not have your face hurt because of how cold it is. Um, cause that's usually what it is like eight months of the year, but you know, it's really nice. I can just go out in like shorts and a shirt and let my dog out in the morning. I like that. Well, so how does your music reflect kind of the changing of seasons. Ivy, I definitely noticed very heavy relation to the seasons and how do you guys try to express, or I guess, where does that idea come from? Um, I absolutely love imagery lyrics and being in Marquette, you know, your mood is very, for me personally, is very dependent on the weather and it fluctuates probably more here than anywhere else, you know, in the United States. So it does take a toll. So it's a very big thematic, I think, lyrically and charmer. It always has been. You could go back to everything, you know, and it, it, it might be like, I don't know. It, it, I always like to drop it because personally, like when I do that, I can I can think of that image or, or that time in my life very vividly. Um, and I have a hard time, you know, I don't enjoy performing songs when I have no attachment to it. If I'm just saying words to say words i don't i don't get into it and i i struggle big time with that so i like to add these little things for me personally to create that image and then hopefully you know the listener can you know also relate to it and and think of their own image in their head from their own experience and i i love that i think that's a very big part of charmer and i think that'll never change um Although I do catch myself, I feel like I'm always talking about like weather or like seasons and in most songs and I won't be redundant, but I think I've pulled it off where it's not. I was also kind of curious about something like the cover art for Ivy kind of has an autumn feel to it with all the like orange and yellow leaves and stuff. 
Uh, mm-hmm. The album it came out in April. There's a there's a song called December. There's a lot of lyrical references to like spring and summer, but not a lot of uh, actual like content relating to the fall. Was that intentional, or what was the thought process behind that? Um, yeah, totally. So um, Ivy, I I mean Ivy's the was a difficult record to write because I personally was having horrible horrible writer's block. Um, and with bands nowadays, there's so many great, amazing bands that are just producing content and getting their name out there. And, you know, when you see that on the internet, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm falling behind. You know, you want to you know, push content out. And um, we were running to get an album out within two years of our first album. Um, we really had to push to make that happen and work really hard. Um, so a majority of Ivy was written in the fall. Almost all of it was written in the fall. And it would just be band members coming over to my house and we work on ideas. And we kind of just pumped it all out like in three months-ish. Maybe, yeah, two, three months-ish or so, like working on it like several times a week. And then um, once we had enough songs that we were like, we could sit down and be like, okay, this is a, a good song. We greenlighted it and then we brought all the material to New Jersey where we recorded the record um, late October of 2019. And we did that over uh, the course of two weeks. So I think that's where all the fall imagery comes in my head because it was all done in, in the fall and written in the fall. Makes sense. Even though a lot of the, the thematics are based off of like the past year before that. So would you say you work better when you have like a deadline hanging over you like that? Or does that just make it more stressful, harder? Um, I, I didn't love it. Um, I think I much would have rather to taken my time. And I think that we would have gotten the album that we really wanted to put out. Um, and I'm not saying Ivy's bad. I think Ivy's, I think all the songs are, are good songs. And I think there's a song uh, uh, for everyone on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't love about it is it's not like one piece. To me, it's like a bunch of songs put on an album. Whereas like all our prior releases, I'm like, all oh, these songs are going to be very coherent with one another. It's going to flow very well. And that was very difficult with Ivy because we had so many ideas to pick and choose from. And um, it was definitely our most, I don't know, everyone was very collaborative band wise on this one whereas in the past it was very like i would have an idea i'd bring it forward where this time around everyone was getting their you know their stamp on it but when you do that you get so many different drastic great ideas so when you clump it all into album the only thing that sounds consistent is like the production which i think it sounds great but when i listen to the album you know it's like song 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 where if i listen to like lp1 that is like one song to me you know, it just goes. And that's what we really missed on it. And I think definitely for the next thing, we will, we will, we will take our sweet time. Um, because I think I, I, we, we, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for them, but like I got in my head about, you know, just getting more stuff out because I wanted to stay relevant. And yeah, that's, that's probably it. So what were some of the inspirations, like music wise, some of the other artists that, influence Ivy specifically stuff that like influenced that album that hasn't really been present for other projects you guys have done that's the thing I wasn't listening to music much <laughs> with with when it came to Ivy that's why I think I was having such bad writer's block um when we were writing LP1 you know I was still so enthused and I was very like 
I was very in on the emo scene and what was coming out and, and all the new stuff. And I was listening to it and, and those, you know, our peers and everything like that now. So it's really fun in that sense. But once you're in it so much, I, I started listening to less and less of that kind of music. Like I was listening to a bunch of, of yes and like seals and crofts and like peter gabriel and like it's like that's what i was listening to when ivy was coming out like i was just like listening to this old stuff that was a very nostalgic like super tramp like so i don't think any of it i i i think we would have benefited a little bit more from other influential factors because like uh the drummer band loves like noise rock and is in like all this pretty heavy music fast-paced music that in, in like our guitarist was listening to like a lot a lot of like black dahlia murder and stuff like that so there wasn't really much like emo influence going on at all and i think that's why it actually came out how it did so i don't know what you're saying is the next charmer record is either going to be like metalcore or it's going to be a two-hour prog <laughs> album <laughs> oh I, we have i have some ideas um <laughs> But I don't think it's gonna be that. I think we're gonna do some fun stuff. Um, I don't. I don't want to talk about it quite yet because I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. It's so far in the in the in distance. But I have some fun ideas for for the next thing, and I think it's definitely going to be what we what we really want to put out. So you brought up kind of a nostalgia feeling that you've been feeling now. Do you think that people could look at Ivy, especially during this time, to try to connect to? the nostalgia of before COVID. How do you think releasing it during this time is going to impact how people interpret the album? I think it'll definitely, you know, if, if they listen to it a lot, I, I, you know, I can't speak for them, but if they listen to a lot and they connect to music in that certain type of way, you know, I could, I could mm-hmm. definitely see them, you know, um, if they listen to it a lot now and they listen to it like a year later, they're going to, I think it's going to bring them right back to this time period, you know? Or if they're listening to it right now, they can relate. They can relate to it in their own way um, for prior times in their life. I'm not really. Sh- I, I'm not really sure. Um, I personally like what got me into emo music when I first discovered. I was just like, I, I loved how it made me think of so many um, mm-hmm. times in my life prior, and I could just relate to it, you know. And at the time yeah. when Charmer started was five years ago, so I was a very different person then. And so all those factors like come into play really. But it's also weird to reflect on that now because just like any other phase in your life, you know, like Charmer just happened to start like when I was very into like the whole music, like emo revival. I was like listening to like You Blew It and like really early free throw EPs. And like I was listening to like Brave Bird, like all these bands, like just I was like obsessed with it. I found it. It was like like a lightning in a bottle, you know, on the Internet. And I was just like, this is this is my like I love this stuff um but then since then I haven't I haven't ran into that emo band that like has made me feel like any of those bands did at the time so I mean both of you you both listen to tons of music so I'm sure you go you can you can check mark your entire lifetime <laughs> like I was listening to this then this then this yeah. then this then so musicians are the same so it's really hard to write a, a, a like a emo record when you are not listening to it you you don't i i I can't i don't want to say i don't love it because then i would just be a fraud um but when you're expected to put something out and you're just really not there in the headspace anymore it's 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 a tricky game for sure Mm -hmm. and uh, is that something that is like a goal of yours then to be that 
lightning in a bottle band for someone else maybe to discover it and just be like, wow, yes, this is exactly how I'm feeling. Oh, totally. And, um, you know, we, we often will get emails or like DMs and stuff. And sometimes people just like straight out tell you exactly what it means to them and how they feel. And, 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 and it's really nice. It's, it's, it, and when we first got those, I was like, wow, this is incredible, you know. But then as time keeps going, you keep on getting that stuff. You're like, wow, we, I think we really did it because I personally felt that way about bands, but I would never even dare to be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> typing to them to tell them, you know. Um, so that is cool. And I'm, I'm very happy. And, and when we go play shows and you have a room full of people just shouting words back at you that you wrote, it's like, wow, this is, you know, we, we definitely made our mark. I, I could have been done with this band three years ago and been very fulfilled cool stuff keeps happening so it's like why <laughs> why stop you mentioned that um a lot of songs on ivy are like continuations or sequels to past songs kind of would you say this album is about giving closure to those songs or like resolution or is it more of just an open-ended continuation well i kind of completed it but left it open ended at the same time um i felt like that was a cop-out um that was another thing to go back into my writer's block because like I was like I really don't know what I want to write about with this album you know so what I did is I continued off the themes that were already established in our discography and kind of wrapped them up to where I am now and and kind of like how I feel about those those topics and um, every single song has a callback so a lot a lot of a lot of people have found them a lot of obvious ones I found them but some of them I haven't heard or mentioned on the internet yet which is pretty fun for me but like the first like day it came out they were just everywhere people were like innocent about it so it's pretty fun for that because you know um there's always a, a level of how much you can get into a band you know i listen to a lot of bands where i'm like this is amazing but i'm not going to sit there and digest their lyrics and, and listen to the album over and over and over i can't remember the last time that happened remember lore going on in the <laughs> yeah it's, it's and it's fun that way and, and that's what helped me get through that the lyrical process of, of the album and then while we're on references um the first lp <laughs> had a lot of like just pop culture references in there there were the pokemon references and the song titles there was a uh, garden state had like the twin peaks fire walk with me line are there any yeah. culture references like that on ivy that you think people might have missed on ivy as in song titles or just lyric song titles in general um there's not a whole lot of it that on there i think we we got rid of a lot of that there's some inside jokes for us in there but i don't think i don't think there's much pop culture stuff um there's some b-sides from ivy that do have that fun stuff in there and um I mean, we're gonna try to figure out a way to get those out soon because we've gotta gotta put something out um but like for an example we're um gonna put out like a single song in the next couple months here and it's like and it's got full-blown like ferris bueller uh day off references like scattered throughout <laughs> and it, it's a pretty it's pretty fun um because the song will like starts out with like a sample that just says like cameron embeds like he'll keep calling me he'll keep calling me he'll keep calling me. and then the song comes in like really hard so like i'm really excited to put that out um and you guys are the first to know that we're doing that awesome. so cool um, but that kind of stuff we we I don't know. I, I I was hesitant to do that because like I didn't know if it was too like adolescent or what. But it, it is our roots, so I should you know own it a little bit more. I'm just not like 21 anymore. That's pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then how did you decide on uh, what singles you were going to have for Ivy with uh, like Slumber? How did you know that was the first uh, thing people would hear in like a couple of years? We didn't know. We really didn't know. We, we This is the first time we had hands in the pot. So everyone had their two cents that were not in the band. So actually Slumber was not our first choice, but it is the it was the lead single. And, and I, I think that was definitely the song to be as the first song on the record, I think it has like a very good introduction. I think it's driving. I think it has a lot of elements that people like in Charmer, a lot of new stuff in Charmer. So I think it was just a good introduction to the album, but as lead single, I never saw it being a single at all. What was your first choice? Um, first single? Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely not my favorite song on the album, but um, like Dead Plants is by far like in the, mm-hmm. the, the biggest, like that, that was that was written to be a pop song. Like I was like, I'm like, I'm just gonna crank out a pop song for this album. Um, and, and that was it. And when we got the result of it, I was like, this doesn't sound like us, but this is good, you know? Right. Um, but I also had some hesitation putting that out as a single because of how, like, I feel like it was so, you know, it's not intimidating to new listeners or people that like, you don't have to like Midwest emo or emo music to like that song. It's just kind of like a mm-hmm. pop song, guitar driven pop song. So that was definitely running through my head. I didn't know if we, if we put that out first, how that would have been responded to or not. I think Doom was the one that we wanted to put out first. Um, and that ended up being the second one. Yeah, with like Dead Plant and that being a pop song and all, there's a lot more, I guess I would say like catchy repeated choruses and instrumental riffs and stuff on this album than some of your work before. Was that something that you went into the process intentionally trying to have more hooks and stuff? Or was it just kind of a happy coincidence? No, we did that on purpose, um, for sure, because um, LP1 is just literally just goes. And I, I personally hate repeating parts in songs. Like, I think LP1 does it one time in one song um, where it's like the same part in a row. And it, it's just like a little bit different. I think it's a chorus of like a Reservoir. It's like the one time we're like, this is the chorus, you know. But otherwise, I like making like very linear, sporadic songs. And, and this album, I purposely wanted to have more song structure songs where you do have repetition um just to try it out and i'm glad we did it but i know then whatever we do next will not be doing that (laughs) did you find it constricting at all to kind of have to follow this song pattern yeah 100 yeah 100 um and this album like it was totally different how we wrote it because there's so many different elements coming into it so we would you know, Neil, would, Neil, our guitarist, would come in with a, a great guitar riff. And we're like, great, we're going to structure a full song off of this guitar riff. Let's let's get the point, you know, let's get this start to finish and just fill in the puzzle pieces. And that's how a lot of these songs were. Um, and there weren't wasn't a ton of, like, rehearsing the songs as a full group. Like there was in LP1 where we just kind of, like, did that. That's how the whole process was. This was, like, coming in and doing, like, a lot of demoing and sitting on logic for hours on end and just trying this out and trying that out and trying this out. So it was a different process. And, and I, I think I just wanted to do it um, just to try something new, try to stray away from our formula. I just didn't, I didn't want to make the same album again is really what it was. Yeah. So definitely constricted us. I want to ask you about including sunshine magazine on the record. Cause it's kind of, it was, a very different take than the other songs that were on the album. And I wasn't expecting it when I heard it. Mm -hmm. Um, I originally didn't want that on the album. 
I, I think to me that's a, a bedroom pop song that uses three chords the whole time. You're it's just kind of a very dreamy atmospheric song. But we also it was pushed by another band, Marmor, to be on, on the album, and, and it, it's been received very well. Like people really like that song, and and that comes to again where I I feel like this album is just like flips. It's not like it's not a cohesive piece. But yeah, that's good. I mean, it's fine. I read a lot of I, I read a lot of that kind of stuff that I have just stuffed on a hard drive. I have like so many bedroom lo-fi tracks that I don't know if ever will see the light of day um, because I'm not like a solo guy. But it was interesting having that song on the album for me personally. Is that kind of the route you would take then if you were ever to do a solo project? It would be bedroom pop leaning. Sure. Yeah, I mean it's done. I have I I could put out like two albums worth of stuff right now. Um, but that's just like we're doing little like writing exercises at home. Yeah, you know it's it's just more fun than anything. And then I know this is a bittersweet question, but is there any new song in particular that you're like the most looking forward to being able to play live? Live? Yeah. Um, I want to play Windbreaker live because I get to yell. Um, I like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that quite a bit. I, I want to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. We always joke about having this alter ego band called Harmer. Um, <laughs> and um, I think we're going to definitely dive into a lot of that different stuff in the future. Um, we just didn't want to do it with this release because we established something I think we thought was very good and special with LP1 and didn't want to stray away from that because, you know, build this fan base that likes the album and then you just kind of give them a middle finger and put out this polar opposite release, you know, so um, we didn't do that quite yet, but Windbreaker is on there. That's fun. And that's only like the first half of it is kind of like that. Um, so that song, I like I like playing Slumber. I like um, playing Doom. I like playing uh, Wolf, Fang Fist. Um, I don't know, those songs. And do you remember the last show you played before the lockdown hit and live music kind of stopped being possible? Um... Yes, I do. We played a show in Milwaukee with um, Max Seal, great band. And I'm Glad It's You, they were on a tour together. Another great band. They just, uh, I'm Glad It's You just put out an album that's very good. Um, and I think that was the last one. We had about four, four tours canceled this year. So this was going to be our busiest wow. year yet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you have any idea at that show in Milwaukee? That, that would be like you guys's last show for a little bit or was it kind of a sudden decision afterwards oh not at all i mean because we had a whole you know so we had that that was like in late november i believe and then we were just chilling through the winter to get ready for our tours um and then all those just drop 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 yes so not at the time we did not know it was our last show at all no we did not know there was going to be a global pandemic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just wrapping things up a little bit, I guess. Um, what would be, do you think, the one biggest message or biggest takeaway you want people to have from Ivy when they hear it for the first time? Um, I don't think I have anything specific. I think people will kind of pull what they are. I'm trying to think of a good word to describe it. Everyone will pull something different out of it. Um, they'll prioritize it and whatever I don't know, they take from it, they take from it. But there was nothing specifically in my head that I was like, oh, I really hope listeners really just get this out of it. 
of course and it's always good to just individual people take different mm -hmm. things away from everything and oh yeah absolutely i mean when you talk to some people and like uh, things that they they really love about certain albums you're like i yeah. did I've, I've never even thought about that that's why music's so sweet so are there any tentative plans for the future that you're able to talk about or not really anything at this point not that i can share but we have really cool plans for when when music's back uh, we have one thing that just got wrapped up yesterday that's very exciting news that we're really excited for otherwise we're just gonna try to stay busy um hopefully we'll get together and start writing soon but everyone you know uh, is is very cozy doing their own thing right now during the pandemic and yeah it's just different because all we all expected to be on the road during this time and now we have all the time in the world so it's been a very very weird time <laughs> yeah well thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you for having me yeah, thank you and uh ivy is out now that's great if you like music <laughs> give it a listen <laughs>